Welcome to Conversations with Quiet Leaders. My name is Juliet Morris. I believe there is greatness in leading and building teams through powerful listening, what's being said and what's being heard. In this podcast, you'll hear from quiet leaders who are being more bold, more brave and more comfortable with who they are. So today I'm delighted to welcome Angela Matlaping, who's from Botswana. Angela describes herself as a quiet leader and has been on a journey to discover her strengths. And I'm really fascinated because Angela is part of a team who works in computer instant response, cyber, uh, people-centric, people-customer and awareness. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to you, Angela, about your journey um, and about quiet leadership. Yeah, thank you, Juliet, for having me here. Um, I'm also delighted to be sharing my experience with someone who um, can identify with uh, most of my qualities as well. So I look forward to the discussion. We spoke a bit about you recognising your introversion side, your quieter side in childhood, and you now identify as that quiet leader. So tell us a little bit more about your childhood and how being an introvert worked for you? So being um, a quiet child was quite challenging because um, you wouldn't make a lot of friends uh, because, well, you value, um, you know, some alone time and um, it meant for some tasks you wouldn't be able to compete well in a team especially if it's a team that won't allow you to sort of speak so if it's a team that's not led by someone who gives everyone in the team time to express themselves it's quite challenging to do teamwork as as a young person um but um the upside of it is being able to you know go to um, different applications that utilize your analytic skills and problem solving skills because that's that's one of the strengths of, of uh, quiet people. You tend to be intuitive about situations and just problems in general. Uh, for me, I, it was quite an unfortunate journey while I was young because I was really bullied and uh yeah mostly bullied for not being able to speak up or not being able to relate my message verbally as i i i wrote more than i could articulate so for me that that was a challenge as a young person which uh over the years sort of uh became better and better as i became self-aware of myself as well mm-hmm. and I think you said to me before that you thought you were like everyone else. Yeah, I mm. did not um, see a difference between mm. myself and other kids until then when you're given an exercise and you, you feel you don't fit in or maybe it's break time and you you don't have anyone to have lunch with or those little, you know, minute scenarios that, you wouldn't be able to fit in with the crowd or if someone is having a party you feel exhausted being in that space where you can't really relate with people on a more emotional 
yeah near now and you've been on a, a journey of self-discovery so you you took the Myers-Briggs test you said and you, you you've done a few things about learning about yourself um and you're part of the two percent of the population which makes you very special Angela <laughs> That is absolutely true. I, I felt special in that sense that um, I'm in the 2%, but I also felt scared to say, now, where will I find the rest of everyone? Because it's a really small percentage and it's even at a global level. So, yeah, it was a great feeling to finally know that nothing is wrong with me. It's just who I am personality wise. And the other people out there, great people have actually harnessed the strengths and yeah impacted the world in a way that maybe an extroverted person would wouldn't have done you're in cyber now and I'm really curious as to was is that a career that you've always wanted to do well how did that come about for you uh well it's quite of a long story but um because of my intuitive na- na- nature, I've just always loved psychology. That was my first option. I just saw myself helping people and maybe being a counselor, that side, uh, sort of thing. But um, I was short of two points to uh, go into the psychology major. So I had to go look uh, for other courses in different schools. I came across this accounting school that also offered computing courses and I had initially applied for accounting. Uh, And while I was just in the queue to get um, my reservations done and everything, I had an, I I overheard um, a gentleman speaking to, I think a friend or a sister. So it was someone who was trying to go into a computing course and this gentleman had been studying at this school for maybe two or three years. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Just based on the experience, it seemed like he had been there for a longer time. So he was advising this young lady to not go into the course. It, it was a computing course. So it's like, um, this is a very difficult course and women generally don't do well in it. Women fail uh, at the first year that they would have dropped out and they can't do well in programming modules and um, although I had been you know introduced to computing from a junior school I never saw myself following a passion in that I was actually more interested in the hardware part of computing than the software part of it but that just didn't sit well with me I, I, I didn't know these people and I still don't know who this gentleman is even today but I just made up my mind I went out of the queue, went to the registry office and asked that they change my course. And I was enrolled into the computing course with absolutely no clue what it entails. And I was in it. So since I joined, I had that determination, even though it was at the back of my mind that I'm into this course because of what I overheard. I still did well and I was very good at programming <laughs> actually. So um, I even graduated top of my class. I was the only first class in the whole cohort and the whole computing um, faculty. 
it's only after that uh, graduation that it hit me why I sort of went into this um, career and I started gravitating towards women inclusivity in ICT as a whole and yeah I started positioning myself into that so for over three years I've been into software engineering and developing different websites and applications just to solve problems because that's where I've been approaching computing from just I've seen it as a way to solve people's problems uh, even before you program you have to write something called the pseudocode which is just the general um, step-by-step way of how you're going to solve the problem you don't even have to be a programmer but if you're a problem solver then you can write that so it's been my approach to the ICT world and post my software development journey I was introduced to a graduate training program by the company that I work for now which is BOKRA or Botswana um, Communications Regulatory Authority and during the interview um, I was supposed to be part of the 11 graduates to rotate through all the departments and learn what the company is doing but uh I guess I nailed the interview, so to speak. I was immediately hired with one other gentleman to establish this set that no one knew what it is. And it was supposed to be something big. It is something big now. And that's how I got into cybersecurity. I didn't have any qualifications towards that. Just my background in computing and the right skill and attitude. You know what I loved about what you were talking then was your your face because you if if anyone could see your face right now do you feel quite surprised that you're doing what you're doing? (laughs) But there's also that sense of pride that comes out from you because you you maybe it was it was serendipitous that you were in that queue and you know someone had a conversation Mm -hmm. with you. But you t- you talked to me around your intuitive part before this conversation. So your intuition you tap into, but also that your design and your resilience around that that you can you can create things and you're very happy to do that. Yeah, um, intuition has just always guided me wherever I've applied myself because then it allows you to not just look at facts and whatever tangible material you have towards supporting your decision, but you can also, you know, have that gut feeling about whether what you're doing is, is, is good or, or, or wrong or, or how it will take you far, especially when it comes to relations with people, because in cybersecurity, we tend to rely a lot on collaboration as you can imagine this is a cross-border type of thing we deal with so sometimes you have to speak with someone maybe from America and if that person is very extroverted you'd have to find a way of you know yeah dealing with uh, the problem without necessarily having you know problems with the person you're dealing with so you through intuition you get to learn how that person maybe would like to be addressed or 
how they'd like to continue with with a problem and just from their non-verbal cues you can you can easily relate to the person than just uh yeah talking not mindful of how they would react you listen more which is a, a really good skill when you're in cyber because um it's the things that people say within the between the lines that you have to really dig into and even on on like the customer side we we speak of cognitive security where you have to figure out why this kind of person is more susceptible to attacks than the other person and you would not be surprised to find that an introverted person would not be easily uh, hoaxed or fished because they'd always want to know why is this email this way and why am I suddenly winning something out of nowhere. They don't um, tend to be inclined to being glorified. So if something comes and it's, you know, making you feel good, you still want to question what's going on here as a as opposed to other person would just read and say, oh, I want this and click on whatever. And that's how they get fished or that's how cybercrime um, yeah, comes to play in, in, in that scenario. So yeah, I think for my job, intuition is really key. Yeah. How, how, does that, um, how does that work with when you're collaborating with lots of different people, lots of different teams? How do you find your way through that? Yeah, okay. For for this one, it's something that I've I've always noticed about myself as I was growing up. A lot of people tend to seek advice and be open and relaxed around me. And I've just always been there to guide people, even if I wasn't aware that's what I was doing. Someone just come back to me and say, listen, this kind of advice that you gave, I'm, I'm really grateful for. So in a team, I'm usually the person who motivates people to get stuff done. I will, because of their whole intuition, I will easily identify who's good at what and bank more on what people can do than what they can't do. So I, I'd like to call myself that sort of bond or glue that <laughs> brings the team together and, and, and greases the wheels for, for the work to, to go on. And because I don't like feeling excluded, I make sure my team members also feel heard and have the platform to be creative and raise whatever concerns they have. And for those that can speak for themselves, I make sure if um, I have the opportunity, I'm able to speak for those who can't speak for themselves or just, you know, by all means, create a safe environment where that person will not feel submerged by, by other people who've got voices, mm. louder voices. <laughs> <laughs> we all have voices. <laughs> we all have voices, you're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> on your LinkedIn profile you said that you enjoy networking and you say yes to things and experiences that have an impact on society on the longer term 
So with the networking part, um, I recently came across one INFJ. Her name is Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of books and the, the, the current one that I'm reading is called The Gifts of Imperfection. And she speaks more on vulnerability and that's just saying you can ride on shame and fear even if you're not an, an extrovert, those things don't come natural to you where you feel you can speak to people or just, yeah, networking. The essence of networking um, is speaking to people and it's, it's really difficult for, for a shy or introverted person. But since I've been reading this book, um, I have really ta- taken deliberate steps to introducing myself to people and it's it's not always a large crowd of people or a large number. I find that maybe one person at a time works for me. I really value time, having time with someone and making meaningful connections, not, not just for the sake of connecting. So I found that helpful for me because it's actually through someone you've established a well um formed connection that you'd get even more connections through that person and i i was getting uh backlashing from from friends to say well you can't go to a network full of 100 people and tell me you've talked to two people and for me <laughs> it's really worked like i'm saying that two people can turn into 50 or depending on what kind of uh, foundation you have from your network with this person. So uh, to the yes part, that's just me pushing back against my fear and anxiety of being a a quiet person. And even when I'm not well equipped for the job, I just say yes and go do my research, see what I can come up with. Uh, unlike earlier on in past years, I would really struggle to say yes to even things that I knew I could do. But if anything was to put me in the spotlight, um, yeah, I wasn't coming there. So now I've taken a turn since I've joined corporate where I'm stepping out of my comfort zone and as Brene calls it, is being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I've been doing a lot of that and it's it's been amazing. It turns out that even the extroverted people don't have it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm basically not <laughs> just alone in this journey. All other quiet people are not alone in that journey. If you just give it a try, uh, the fruits can be so rewarding afterwards than just sitting and not doing anything about stuff. Then you can never know what you're good at. Yeah. Yeah, I love so that. So it's like, um, yeah, it, it's like you're not just depending on luck to say if someone realizes, oh, there's a quiet leader, I know you're good at this. You're actively, you know, putting luck on your end to say, uh, well, I can do this, even though it's not like outward and very self 
announced with that one or two connections that you make, you can go fast. So, yeah. When you find people that you resonate with, you can absolutely go faster together. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may take a while, right? It, it may take a little yeah. while, but you will find those people. And uh, the taking action is so important. One small step forwards to into that, uh, I always call it the growth zone because it is uncomfortable, but then at least you know, you can say, well, I've tried that. It's not for me. I'm going to go and try something else. So yeah, absolutely. Great points. Great points. Tell me what, what's next for you, Angela? One of the things I've said yes to is um, entrepreneurship. So I've, I've had challenges when I, was, when I was young, especially when I was young, because I was always doing things that had impact and I wouldn't speak money terms, you know. I would just want to solve a problem. If you ask me how much I'm going to make out of it, I would have no idea, but I'd be the happiest person. And um, <laughs> it turns out uh, the INFJ says that's being idealistic. <laughs> uh, I've been very idealistic over the years. So my my newest venture right now is I've started um, a company with three very awesome people, also very quiet uh and we're looking into you know hosting different local products on the first of its very kind in our country a virtual mall so just like you'd go to a physical mall and find different shops you'd do the same on a virtual mall where you find your local produced products uh um especially for farmers because we've got a lot of those here so uh, for me, um, finding a team that can speak to the monetary part, uh, I, I took a leap of um, courage to say, you know what, let me just embrace this um, idea of entrepreneurship and apply myself. I'm also looking into having podcasts on cybersecurity as well. I usually just put up, whatsapp statuses or a few quotes here and there and it turns out people like the content so i'm very camera shy as you can see but i'm going to try with recording and guess it will help someone out there to sort of have a cultural change when it comes to cyber hygiene and cyber security as as a whole so that's what's next for me, entrepreneurship, consulting, um, e-commerce, everything, and just never saying no to opportunities as, as a leader. So I'm intrigued about uh, two things, I guess. The entrepreneurship is, is that leaning on your strength of software development and, you know, almost like the, the, the system itself, the technology itself, and the... The, the cyber security, yes, absolutely. Um, the world needs more women, needs more intuition, needs more quiet people who are going to think about things, but also challenge what impact that's going to be. So, yeah, absolutely. I think you've got 
some great skills there that you can share with other people. Um, you. Because you didn't consider cybersecurity before you accidentally were invited to the course. What would you share to people now of all ages who maybe hadn't thought of that career? So um, somehow because of the whole passion psychology, I've, I've really gravitated towards um, cultural change, the, the human aspect of cybersecurity, which is when you ask around, uh, cyber experts will tell you the weakest link is, is the human being because we are the people who click on links, visit sites that are malicious and all those things. So I know for women, um, you might think you don't have the right skill, the right technical skill to hack. I mean, you've seen movies, um, they make cybersecurity a very scary career. You see that yeah, this person is just frustrated. They're trying to crack a system. It's just absolute, yeah, a lot of adrenaline rush. But uh, from, from, from my experience, you can easily persuade people into better cyber hygiene and better cyber behavior and how to stay safe online without even having the technical background to it. You just have to be passionate about the issues, read more about the issues online. I would generally say that to all ICT related fields or anything that's considered male dominated, really, it's about your passion, what drives you? Um, do you smile at the end of the day once you've done your work? uh and uh the likes so uh just never fear anything as long as you put your mind to it as long as you try as many times as you can there's always a way um and if that's your story because for me i feel really this has been my story just walk in it and be proud in it and never stop learning that's what's worked for me over the ages uh, I learn even outside my career. I'll just always apply myself. My friends have told me, you know, a lot of things about everything. It's just simply that I take the interest in, in stuff. Um, it doesn't have to be about your career. Anything, it helps even with the brain. You get to think more and, yeah, mm. apply yourself. Yeah, I could feel that Um quite determination coming through on there you're quite passionate about that so with people who think they don't have the skills what what type of skills specifically do you feel that you have brought to your career in cybersecurity? so um the number one skill you need is problem solving if you can figure out how to do that from a logic perspective without even putting the coding in or the tools in, that's all you need to survive in, in cyber. So uh, I've been through a, a mentorship program by ITU, specifically tailor-made for women. It's called the Women in Cyber um, Mentorship Program. It just started this year and it's very great. So 
you've got different experts from all over the world teaching you your soft skills, your hard skills, your communication skills, networking, collaborating, the whole um, package. So uh, you you obviously would need a leader that is going to give you a chance. Like in my scenario, I was given a chance because I had the right attitude towards cyber, even if I didn't have the right certifications. Um, but over the years, I've been trained. Now I have the right technical skills. I can easily perform a penetration test on your network. I can easily advise you if there's been sort of a hack or a compromise, I will be able to look at your systems and say, this is what you've got to do. But most importantly, you would need communication because it's very easy for someone to panic under an attack and national security being the highest priority. We don't want someone who just blabs things, if I may put it that way. You need someone who will sit back and look at the evidence and then make a deliberation after careful consideration. So um, I think this is something quite leaders can be into because it will use those skills um, to say now you are able to apply your analytical thinking, being an organized person, it's very important to be organized, um, being very careful with your processes. For instance, you don't want to be mishandling um, artifacts. So artifacts would be those things that are considered as evidence from the cyber crime. So people are generally careful and yeah, thoughtful. Also compassion is a necessity because you don't want to be saying to the client, why did you click on that? Didn't you know that was wrong? So <laughs> yeah, you need someone who is very compassionate in, in this um, and patient in this field, mm. yeah the essential skills yeah they're great thank you and I sense that you are a person with a mission you know you want to create some impact in the world what's your big dream I've just always wanted to see someone who's quiet as myself having a role and an impact in society and being given the task of protecting a nation from cyber attacks is nothing I take light of. And I feel it's an achievement. So most mm. of my goals are very, not really long-term. They're based on where I am and how I find myself positioned. So I'll always identify with the problems that are around me and how I can solve them. And yeah. I think for now, I'm very happy where I am and I feel I'm doing what I've always uh, been dreaming about, being out there as a person who is uh, quiet. Yeah, I, I really like that because what you talked about is women in technology and more cybersecurity attacks that we've had over the last few years. That's quite big, but you are flying the flag and being the ambassador for that to create that path. So that's a pretty big mission. It really is. Um, and 
I can't do it without other, without other mm. women. I think the network that was established through this ITU mentorship program will go a long way, especially for us in the African region. We we tend to shy away from decision making. I, I've been very fortunate enough to be part of big organizations like your ICANN, which is just the organization that overlooks the internet. And you'd find that where there are policies that need to be developed, African women won't be there. Or if they're there, it's just a few, you can you know count them in one hand. And I feel we've been empowered through this, this uh, mentorship to you know, stand our, uh, our view and express our view to in different forums that would uh, need us to be engaged. So I, I really like that there's this network and pool of people that have been charged to not let anything stand in their way and just apply themselves. And I feel others who are coming, upcoming will look up to these women and there'll be one resource where you can find a lot of women who are doing what you are doing and tell you about their experiences and what you can avoid or what you can do more in the workspace. So that's what I like about the program. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to just, yeah, sharing what I've been doing as, as, a, as an individual within the cyberspace. Super. Thank you so much, Angela. I look forward to watching your journey in that space and seeing how you get on. I'm sure you're, you will be a force to be reckoned with and a, a clear ambassador. Yes, most definitely. Thank yeah. you so much for the confidence. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to talk to you. It's been a pleasure talking to you too. Thank you for listening. I love to talk and work with people and businesses who want to achieve more. I challenge their thoughts to create possibility. Anyone can be part of the conversation. Leave me a message, ask a question and connect with me. 